So we're talking about the anointing, and uh, we've titled this series Anointed. And uh, I believe this, that the greatest anointing that we will ever experience is this corporate anointing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and 20, we're going to read it in a minute. But you see, the temple of God in the Old Testament was a man-made building. We talked about that last week. But thank God He no longer dwells in earth-made or man-made buildings. Where does He live? He lives on the inside of us. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen? Could we just shout about that for a moment? Christ in you, the hope of glory. The anointed one in you. And His anointing. It's the hope of glory. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Thank God. The Holy Ghost, the anointing, the glory, all are tied in there together. Amen? Amen? And that glory and that anointing lives on the inside of each and every one of us. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. And I'm going to go ahead and have you read the verses tonight. So ready, read. Verse 19 and 20. Go ahead. temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you have from God and you are not stop right there we're not our own we belong to him so we should act that way we should act as worthy temples of the Holy Ghost bought with a price okay let's look at verse 20 let's read that together for you were bought at a price Therefore, glorify God in your body. So now notice that statement, glorify God where? Not just your spirit, but your body. Now, if you will glorify God in your spirit, and you will take care of your spirit man and you feed your spirit man faith food, and you will exercise your spirit man by praying in the spirit, by praising in the spirit, and by worshiping in the spirit, then you're in a good position to do something with your body. But if things are loose on the inside, things are going to get flabby on the outside. Right? I mean, let's face it. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So, because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost, it seems to me that we ought to take care of our temples. Amen? Now, go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I believe it is, and let's look at some more verses tonight. 1 Corinthians three sixteen says, Do you not know... That you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Say this with me. The Spirit of God dwells in me. The Anointed One and His anointing abides in me. So we know that that's true individually, but it is also true corporately. As we come together as a body, there is the potential now of a corporate anointing. There must be accommodations, preparations, 
prepared to accommodate the corporate anointing. And I think we do a pretty good job at that. Through prayer, amen, through praise. Notice in verse 16 in the Amplified. It says, Do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth... Well, if you're part of the body of Christ, you're part of the same body the church at Corinth was. So we could say it like this. You, the whole church in the Bay Area. See, we have people here from Castro Valley. We have people here from Oakland. We may even have people as far from San Francisco, San Leandro, San Lorenzo. So we're not just going to limit ourselves to Hayward. The whole church in the Bay Area. We are God's temple, His sanctuary, His dwelling place, and that God's Spirit has His permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you. He is our holy guest. If you have a guest coming to your home and you esteem that guest, you're going to make preparations for that guest to feel right at home. Amen? And so the Holy Spirit is at home in our hearts, but He's also at home in this place. I said He's at home in this place. Has His permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually. So again, here's this collective and individual. The collective is the corporate the individual is for us individually. Amen? So this corporate anointing is for all of us together. As we participate in this corporate anointing, we can all benefit from the glory of God that is in this place. You see, the glory lifts. The glory raises. The glory heals. The glory encourages. The glory brings us up. And takes us from one degree of glory to the next. Amen? Amen? That's where I'm going. How about you? Say, I'm going from glory to glory. From glory to glory. He's changing me. Hallelujah. And so, And so there are degrees of glory for your individual life, but there also are degrees of glory for the church. It's time for the church to rise up, to come up, to go higher, and to go deeper into the things of God. For out in the deep, saith the Lord, are signs, wonders, and miracles, and things that I have stored up for you. Amen. Well, I believe that's what the Spirit of God is saying. Amen. And so we see here that preparation... Preparation, accommodation. Amen? And so when I speak to a Wednesday evening group, or when Brenda speaks to a Sunday evening group, much of the core is in those types of services. So you have a lot to do with the preparation and the accommodation of God's presence in the place. Amen? Now don't misunderstand me. On Sunday morning, there's a good core of people that come but then there are those that come and they're lovely people they're wonderful people but they're just kind of innocent bystanders they're not really Holy Ghost participators amen 
And so what we want to do then is we want to make sure that we are ready and we have prepared the very atmosphere for what God wants to do in our midst. How many of you are tracking with me? I'm sure I could articulate that clearer at maybe a different time. But let's talk about now ministering to the Lord and what they did in the early church. It talks about you, the whole church at Corinth. We can learn some things by looking at the patterns that they established, the way they went about their day, they went, the way they went about seeking first the kingdom of God. We can learn some things. So let's look at a few expressions concerning praise and worship in the Word of God. Amen? So let's look over at Luke chapter 24, and I'm going to drink a little bit more tea. How many of you thank God my voice is strong? Amen. Strong in the Lord, the power is might, right? Walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. The entry of His Word brings light. I'm so glory to God, excited about the future, I've got to wear sunglasses. But one thing you see is they were always worshiping. This was, this, this was a praising bunch. And that's what I like about Heart of the Bay. We're a praising bunch. We're a worshiping bunch. We like the presence of the Lord, do we not? Now, in the verse above, verse 50 is verse 49. And this is where the master told him, Now tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Endued are clothed with power from on high. Does God still endue? Does God still clothe? Does God still bring a cloak of His glory over an individual and over a church? Woo, hallelujah. Amen. That, actually, that's what it feels like sometimes to me. When the anointing is so strong, it feels like I've got a coat on. I feel like I've been cloaked with a, with a coat on. It, it's not a bad heaviness, but it's a good heaviness with everything good. That's what Brother Copeland calls the glory. Heavy with everything good. Amen. Now notice in verse 50. He led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted his hands and he blessed them. Amen. He's still blessing people today. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them. And he went, he was carried up into heaven. And they didn't look around at each other. You know, if it was Raul and me, I wouldn't look over at Raul and say, Where, what, 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 what happened? No. What they did is what all of us would have done, is they worshipped him. They worshipped him. They were blessed. They had a word to go to Jerusalem and tarry for this cloak and they returned with great joy (laughs) when you worship God it brings great joy in your life we read last week happy is the people as God is the Lord happy is the people who are in such a case 
Demas Shikarian, the founder of the great Full Gospel Businessman Fellowship International. I think he was an uh, Armenian. And uh, he wrote a book called The Happiest People on the Earth. And he was talking about you. And he was talking about me. Amen? Amen? Thank God. So, they worshipped him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now notice this. And dropped by the temple when there wasn't soccer practice. What did they do? They were continually in the temple doing what? Can we just take about 10 seconds right now and praise Him? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Amen, R.G. They were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And all of God's people said yes and amen. We sang that song tonight, right? Yes and amen. This reminds me of that verse in Psalm 34. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Practice the presence of the Lord individually and regularly in the privacy of your own home. In the privacy of your own automobile. Just practice the presence of God as you go your way. By praising God and being thankful. Oh, it'll do awesome things for your life. It really, really will. Amen? It also reminds me of this great verse in Hebrews thirteen fifteen. It says, By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. The fruit of our what? The fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to His name. Thanksgiving's got to come out of our mouths. I don't believe in silent prayer requests. I don't believe in silent praise services. I don't believe in dead worship services. I believe that when... We are prepared and accommodate His presence with the fruit of our lips. We will continually give thanks to His name. Amen? Then it also reminds me of this in Ephesians 5. And you all know these verses. Ephesians five seventeen through 20. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So a wise man understands what the will of the Lord is and then he goes on to tell us a portion of what the will of the Lord is for us and if we'll do this we'll walk in wisdom number one don't get loaded with wine we're in his excess but rather get loaded with the Holy Ghost 
Get drunk in the Spirit. If you have not yet been drunk in the Spirit, I recommend it. I know Brother George Amaral recommends getting drunk in the Spirit. And I just dare say Tony Herrera also does. And that drunk over there, George. Amen. I recommend getting drunk in the Spirit. I recommend getting filled and staying filled and being refilled to where your cup's running over. We saw this modeled by Kenneth E. Hagin. He highly recommended being drunk in the Spirit. I mean, to the degree where praise was coming out of his lips, but not only that, laughter was. You ever seen a, I mean, I'm talking about in the natural, you ever seen a happy drunk before? They may be sitting at the table and they'll be laughing and joking around, past the potatoes, you know, ha ha. Well, in the Spirit, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you won't be a grump. You'll be happy. Amen. Oh, happy. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Amen. (laughs) Don't get drunk with wine. That's cheap. It's a substitute. What do you need that stuff for? Wearing is excess. But rather, be filled with the Spirit. Amen. You could read it like this today in the light of today's culture. Don't get high on grass. Don't get high on marijuana or Mary Jane. That's just a cheap substitute. Well, what am I going to get high on? The most high. But rather, be filled with the Spirit. But be being filled with the Spirit continually. Verse 19. Well, how do I do that? What will I do when I am filled with the Spirit? Well, I will speak to myself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And I will sing and you will make melody in your heart to the Lord. I'm not called to record, but I'm called to sing. And I have 150 psalms. If I don't have one of my own, I'll just keep reading these and singing these and get so full of the Holy Ghost that all of a sudden I'll have my own. Amen? Then he says in verse 20, read it with me. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of God. That's the way, guys, to maintain a fresh anointing. That's the way to be anointed with fresh oil. That's the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit. That is the doorway into the working of miracles. That is the doorway into a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. Just getting so full... And staying so full that you begin to flow naturally, supernaturally. 
You follow what I'm saying? To where it just becomes a part of your life. You're in this, what John Osteen called, you are in this divine flow. The divine flow. Out of your belly. Gonna flow. Rivers of living water. What do you say? We not just stand at the door, but we go through the door so that the Spirit of God can do more. Do more. Everyone say more. More. More, more, more. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Ha, ha, ha. Pray about the more. Mandele brakadama sande deba latea. Ha, 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 ha. Monshuko pataya. Ha. More. 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 Oh, my, 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 more, 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 more. Ha ha. We serve a too much God. Ooh, a too much God. Mandele buko saranene. More, 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 more. Mm-hmm. So qualify for the more. Don't just stand idly by at the door. Waiting on God. No, no. God's waiting on us. To do what we know to do. And step on in. Amen. So, let's look over at Acts now. Acts chapter 2. We're looking at the early church now. We're we're corresponding it and paralleling it with where we're at today. Verse 46 and verse 47. And they... Now notice this. Continuing continuing daily there's power in that word continuing can anyone else think of another verse where the word continue was was, was heard if you continue in my word Paul told a young Timothy he said continue now in the things you have learned and you have been taught by me but here's what they did they continuing daily with one accord in the temple Breaking bread from house to house, they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. This was a glad people. I believe that as we continue in the things of God, He will make us glad. And notice verse 47. Read it with me. Praising God... And having favor with all the people. Notice that last part of the verse. That comes as a result of them continuing. And the Lord added to the church daily. Now notice this. Such as should be saved. Without a doubt, they should be saved. So again, notice the expressions here. Continuing daily, one accord, they ate their meat with gladness, and they begin to praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.
they didn't just praise him on Sunday. They didn't get up in the morning on Sunday morning and said, Oh, Doris, we've been busy all week long. Let's go get our praise on. That means the garment of praise ain't on. And the garment of praise is not designed to just put on on Sunday, but to keep on on Monday. And to keep on in the midnight hour. Amen. You like that name, Doris? Yes, it was. Now look at, again, the prayer of praise and worship should be a continual thing with us today too. Then we'd see some of the same results the early church experienced. How many of you ever remember a, a gentleman by the name of Smith Wigglesworth? Okay, well, I don't think anybody in this auditorium got to see him preach, but you can read his books. And if you look on YouTube, you can hear some of his messages. But he said something that sticks with me. He said this, First thing every morning, when I get out of bed, I jump out of bed. I don't just drag myself out, but I jump out. And when my feet hit the floor, I say, Praise the Lord. And I praise that way every morning. How many of you know that's a good way to start your day out? Benny Hinn years ago wrote a book called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I believe that the first we words that we speak during the day can set the course and set the path for our day. Many times I'll wake up early in the morning and I'll just say to myself, Glory to God. I praise you, my Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Then I'm back to sleep. And then I'm not far from that hallway right outside the door. Hallelujah hallway. Amen. Then there was a, a gentleman by the PC, uh, name of P.C. Nelson. He was an Assemblies of God minister. And uh, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And... Uh, he hadn't been filled with the Holy Ghost when he was in seminary. And his roommate and he were close friends and they hadn't seen each other for a number of years. And P.C. Nelson got filled with the Holy Spirit and, and he was invited to go to this big conference where his roommate was going to be. And his roommate was going to be the MC of the uh, meeting and he was going to introduce P.C. Nelson. And so P.C. Nelson is sitting on the platform and and something would happen during the course of a service and P.C. Nelson would say, glory to God. His pastor friend kind of jumped. Yes, he, P.C. was filled. He wasn't. And then a little bit later on in the service, he'd say, amen. And the guy would jump again. And then he, he kind of looked over at him and then he got up to introduce P.C. Nelson and he heard glory to God, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, a few more times. And then they went out to dinner later that night. And he said to P.C. Nelson, I guess you just, you've just gotten into a habit. What, what's going on? That's just a habit. What, what's, what's happening there? P.C. Nelson answered and said, well, it's a habit that I never had before I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. How many of you know that praise is a good habit to have? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And not only did... B.C. Nelson enjoyed the night, 
But later on, his friend got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, what we got will get on other people. Who we have will get on other people's lives. Develop the praise habit. Acts 5.42 says, And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm telling you folks, praise and worship is an atmosphere changer. It just changes everything. It changed the atmosphere when Paul and Silas were in jail. They were in stocks. They prayed and they sang praises to God. It so changed the very atmosphere that the foundations of the prison were shooken, shaked. And they were immediately set free. Now if that'll happen in their midnight hour, because that's what time that happened, that'll happen in your midnight hour. That'll happen when the crisis of life come to you. If you'll pray and praise God, the moment you get a bad report, it will change the atmosphere. It'll change the way you think. It'll change the way that you talk. It'll change things. And it will do your children really, really good to see you praising God. A home ought to be a temple where the praises of God are filling the house. Now let's go over to Acts 13. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas, Simeon, which was called Niger, and Lucius, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now notice what they did. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said something. Now, get the picture. These five are together and they're looking for direction. But they're not analyzing where they should go. They put God first and they acknowledged Him by ministering to him and fasting. They set the time aside to minister to the Lord and to fast. And in that atmosphere, the Spirit of God said something. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder, does he still speak today? Verse 2 again, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me. Raul, hallelujah, and Nate, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereinto, now notice this with me, whereinto the work I have called them. These guys knew they were called, but what they were waiting on is they were waiting on their time of separation. To launch out into the call. You can know you're called, but it's equally as important to know the timing and the launching 
and the sending of the call. Can I get a witness? And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. So they being sent forth by the denomination... They being sent forth by grandma. They being sent forth by mama. No. They being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of pastors in pulpits today that mama called them to. Oh, I better shut my mouth. I better just keep my mouth shut right now. I almost called them mama's boys. And they fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them and sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, they departed unto Seleucia. And from thence they sailed to Cyprus. All glory to God. These five men ministered to the Lord and fasted. And God brought forth a manifestation of the Spirit and it brought forth a revelation. Amen. Said they were ministering to the Lord. We're going to do that here in just a few moments. We want to take some time to, to minister to Him just a little bit more with our hands lifted and our hearts lifted up to the Lord. But I believe this, that their ministry to the Lord was prayer, but was also praise and it was also worship. Amen. Can I just say this tonight? That there's something about united prayer. There's something about corporate prayer. There's something about corporate praise and corporate worship that brings us into unity and brings us into harmony and sets the atmosphere for the Spirit to do some great things. Say it with me, there's something about the corporate body praising God that brings forth the manifestation of His glory. I want to quote a good friend of mine, Mark and Janet Brzee. They're going to be with us uh, for our minister's conference in the month of September. And uh, Brenda and I will be speaking, Mark and Janet will be speaking. It's going to be good. We're going to call all of our ministers home and we're going to open it up to other ministers that really maybe not even be out of this church. We're just going to have a, a minister's conference. Really, really going to be good. And if there's one person that contends for the glory that I've ever seen next to Dad Hagen, it's Mark Brzee. I mean, he just continually ministers along these lines, continuously makes a commendation for the presence of God. They're believing for the same thing we are right here in the Bay Area. Amen. They're believing God. Hallelujah. Now, I like what he said. He said this, something greater is about to show up. Something greater is about to show up and invade our lives, our churches, our world, and it's beyond what we know. Then he said this, there's a bright cloud of God's presence on the horizon of time. It's very close. Amen. And that prayer and praise 
will prepare us. I listened to Sister Clara Grace today. Sister Clara Grace was a prophet of God way back in the 60s. She went to the first Holy Spirit seminar Dad Hagen ever had on North Utica over in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They had three dozen people at that first Holy Spirit seminar. Buddy Harrison was there. Kenneth and Gloria Copeland were there. Kenneth was quite heavier in those days. Billy Brim was there. And it was a very strategic meeting right over there on North Utica. That's before they moved off to Kenosha over there in Broken Arrow. And Brother Hagen would teach along the lines of the Holy Spirit. But Sister Clara Grace would teach along the lines of the Holy Spirit. And she had a vision of California many, many years ago. I don't think that the vision came during that meeting But we were listening to it today. And the vision was like an amazing vision of things happening around the nation. From the east and from the north and from the south. And it was like storms. And then from the west, California, it was almost like a... What did she call it? She called it almost like a a hurricane storm. But then... She saw in in a vision on top of the storm was Jesus. He was on top of the storm cloud. And in those clouds, there were like shafts of light and shafts of glory and shafts of God's presence being released. Now that has started, it's happening. It's happening in California. It happened in the Jesus movement in the 60s. Great things are happening up in Reading. Wonderful things. Glorious things are happening. But it's about to get greater. I'm telling you folks, greater shafts. Greater glory. Greater light. Greater presence. And not only notable miracles, but there's going to be some notable salvations. I know the ladies pray about that all the time. Notable salvations. Notable deliverances. And I quote Dad Hagen from his old book. The prayer. Used to have these big books. The blue book was the, what was it called? Faith. The faith book. The, yeah, the faith guide and then the prayer guide. Yeah, the journals. And I got all that on my computer so I can read his stuff. But uh, he said this. He said, some things will never be accomplished till the church prays unitedly. Then he said this. If Christians today would get together and pray and praise and worship. Now notice, with one accord. They would shake the world for Jesus. There's power in united prayer. There's power in praise. I ask you today, does the world need some shaking? Does the United States need some shaking? The right kind of shaking. The kind of shaking where the house 
and the nation is filled with the glory of God. Are you ready to minister to him just for a few moments? Praise the Lord. Pastor Tom, if you'd come. Glory to God. Just raise your hand. You know, you don't always need music to worship the Lord. Just raise your hands and begin to thank him for his presence tonight.